The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. This is uh, the Jewish Hour, and I am so pleased that we're all here on Clubhouse, on ACB Media 5, and on Zoom. I want to thank the ever effervescent Desi for being my host. I also would like to thank Chanel for being the moderator in Clubhouse and also helping us stream on ACB Media 5. I am your co-facilitator, Lynn Corral, in Olympia, Washington at this moment. And this is Tim Downey from Linwood, Washington. We have been looking forward to this program for many, many, many months. We've talked about this for a long time. So I'm going to turn it over to Tim. We will have three speakers today. If we have time, we'll talk uh, to another one who I know is a Jew by choice here in the audience. But everybody, please be on your best behavior. We are on stream. So please stay muted. Um, uh, Desi will... um, allow you to speak when she uh, allows you to speak, but please do not uh, speak out of turn. Thank you so much. And if you do need to speak, please raise your hand. Otherwise, we won't know you want to speak. All right. Thank you, Desi. So this is Tim. So, um, you know, uh, we're talking today about Jews by choice, and I am one of them. Um, I've been one for about 15 years now and so just to share with you a little bit about my journey um i was i'm from some of you guys know cleveland from cleveland ohio and um i was born into a catholic family um when i was a young teenager my family really had an uh, some stuff happen and my family really fell apart uh, it was a very close family till then there was you know aunts and uncles and cousins and everything and it just it really just shattered so um at that point i needed i needed to get out of town um i joined the navy and left but an interesting thing happened to me and so like basically none of my family life worked right nothing from my old family life and when i was in high school actually i had uh one english teacher who was jewish and he introduced me to a book some of you guys probably heard of the chosen um by uh, potok and it was like for me stepping in another world like i was really drawn to it and um i soon read all of potok's works the the the, the follow up book the promise and asher lev davida's harp all that stuff and um he also uh this teacher you know uh, introduced me to to the a book the joys of yiddish so i could help understand some of the terms in some of the books and I, from there it was um a lifelong journey of many many a succession of many authors and i'll talk about more of them later but anyway i had joined the navy like i said as a 18 year old kid and um my first real duty station was in kingsville texas and there, you know, if anybody knows, or some of you might be from Texas, it's uh, the Bible Belt down there, right? And um, there were in the barracks there that I was, the military barracks, the Navy barracks, there were um, some Christians there. And one of them just talked to me one night and just said, hey, you should read the Bible, right? And I was like, well, yeah, I never did. So I got one and I read it. I read it. Um in three months, right? Just every night I would come home from working in the, you know, I was in a a naval air squadron at the time. I'd come home from the hangar and I would read. It just like captivated me, right? So um, I read it in three months. And then this guy that had, same guy told me to suggest that I read, he, um, he got transferred out. And, you know, before he left. He said, you know, there's this church I found in town. You should try it out. So I was like, okay. So I, I went there once and, um, yeah, you know, it was okay. And, but, um, and I, but they asked me to come back. Right. And they said they'd give me rides cause I didn't have a car and I did. And I ended up joining the church. Um, it was a, a church of God. And I actually, 
became a lay minister and started teaching Sunday school there. Um, but I wasn't, so although, and I think I was looking for family is what I was looking for. And that's part of the reason that really resonated with me. And I also had, you know, I was hurting at that point. So it helped me, but um, it, there were some inconsistencies, like in their particular faith, they had rules like um, they didn't let members wear jewelry, um, but they all wore really big fancy watches. Right. And it's like, and then they wouldn't let members go to the movies because, you know, Hollywood is bad. There's a lot of bad movies out there, but they would watch real trash on their TVs. And the thing that really got me the most inconsistent thing um, was I had a Navy friend who was very poor. He was in a low pay grade, like an E3, which is near the bottom of the and bottom of the barrel. And he had four kids. He had a wife and they lived in a trailer. She, you know, was uh, watching the kids all day and it wasn't a nice mobile home. Um, it was a, re a beaten down old trailer. And she got a work, got a job finally, because they were struggling so much for food money. Um, she got a job working nights at Pizza Hut and that church condemned her for that. They said she shouldn't be working there because Pizza Hut serves beer and it's sinners. And that really bothered me a lot because those people needed money. And um, I remember going to Pizza Hut on a night she was working and leaving her a big tip because I really wanted to support her. And anyway, I I just was not feeling that. And about that time, um, I got transferred to Guam and in the Navy still. And, you know, I went to Guam and that gave me some space to start thinking about things. And um, uh, I w went to a Foursquare church for a little bit there. And, um, you know, the minister was leaving for a while and he asked me to preach some of their services for a little bit while he was off island. And so I did, but I wasn't really connected to them. So then I just kind of didn't go to anything. And then I got transferred to Whidbey Island. Um, Washington, right? And um, in Whidbey Island, I made a decision to really try to learn about what different faiths did or believed or whatever. So while I was there for three years, I went to every place of worship I could find on Whidbey Island. Um, I went to, you know, Methodist, Baptist, Assembly of God, non-denominational places, Church of Christ, Mormon, Episcopal, um, I had a, I met a Buddhist guy um, that I met with like every Thursday night for a year, just talking to him. And we had really great nights of sharing. It was awesome. Um, but anyway, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to join all those places. I was just trying to figure out what, what faiths there were and what people did, right. And what people believed and, and, you know, I was just trying to learn more. It was like giving myself an education. So then I got transferred to Rhode Island. Um, this is a big travelogue, right? Um, and there um, I just uh, went and attended a Lutheran church. And then I actually, because I was married at that point, and my wife at that point wanted to go to this thing called a covenant church. It was another Protestant um, evangelical type, but they were pretty, they were more normal than the first church I mentioned. And anyway, um, at that church, they actually had me preach some sermons there too. So, you know, I've hopped around as a um, minister of sorts at a lot of places, but then I finally got out of the Navy and moved back to Washington state. And there I attended a Lutheran church for many years and there were things I liked about it, but I still wasn't settled. Right. And then I, I attended a Catholic church again. I, I just still wasn't settled. And all throughout all this journey, I kept reading Jewish books. Um, I was reading some Jewish uh, mystery writers, right? There's um, uh, some different series of mystery writers. I was reading them and I was reading just different uh, rabbis and things like that. And I was just like some people I was reading and I just kept thinking like, if only a world like this really exists, like they portray in these books, I would love it. Um, and then finally, at one point I reached out 
to um, a rabbi at a synagogue here and I started talking with her and um, she, I, I said, you know, I really want to convert. I really want to, you know, be Jewish. And um, at that point I had studied so much for so many years. She was like, wow. She says, usually when someone approaches me to convert, I have them go through all this stuff. And I'd also already attended some classes at another um, synagogue, right? Um, I attended some beginning Hebrew before that, before I even met this rabbi and um, uh, an intro to Judaism class and all that. So I'd already had all those when I first started meeting with a rabbi. So um, this was Lynn and I have talked before about Washington state, how there's not a lot of Jews out here. And, um, at the, you know, if you go to a, a temple in, uh, Washington state, you're very likely to get a mix of people with, like, if you attend a reform temple, you're going to get people who were, who are, have been members of conservative or orthodox in the past and really they're attending this reform temple because of geography right it's the only one in our county so people go um so anyway i ended up um meeting with this rabbi and we set a conversion date she wanted me to um like go through the high holy days you know that that year and then at the end of that go through the conversion process and um which was good and i really i think i benefited from the mix of backgrounds because um i really enjoyed like you know learning things from my orthodox friends and my uh conservative friends you know attending the same temple and we were all just glad to be there at the same place so um that was good i also um again started taking some other classes just to learn more. And um, I eventually went through the conversion process. And for those of you that don't know um, how you, the conversion process sometimes differs for um, different, like, like, you know, whatever uh, branch of Judaism you're going into, if it's Orthodox or it's reform. So in the reform movement, um, we uh it's it's there's parts of it that like if your circumcision's an issue right like if you're i was circumcised as a baby so i didn't have to get recircumcised again but there is a ceremony you can have where um uh hatafat dambrit right right which is ritual bloodletting and i elected to do that because i kind of wanted the full experience um so i had an orthodox moil who was also a doctor come in and do the ritual, you know, it's just one small pinprick, you know, of blood that comes out. It's nothing big. And, um, we did that. Um, and then I went to the mikvah, um, and a mikvah for people that don't know is a ritual bath, right? It's, um, it's, it's, it's a pool of water that is the water is from, natural resources like rainwater and things like that um and when you go into the mikvah you have to be clean before you go so you take a shower and clean make sure you're clean all over before you get into it you go into the mikvah and you for conversion process you completely immerse yourself in water three times um there's different blessings that you say um before each you know when you go under and that was really cool. And there was also a Beit Dean there, which is a rabbinic court. So there were three rabbis that I met with, um, you know, to basically question and make sure, you know, are you doing, you know, the right thing? Is this what you really want to do? And they, you know, asked questions. Each of them had different questions about Judaism for me. Um, what was interesting about my Beit Dean was that um, there's three rabbis there. One of them had a reconstructionist background. Um, and one was, ref and the other two were reform. Um, it's funny, the one who was reconstructionist there, she is now my current rabbi. So it's funny how things kind of sometimes circle around. Um, so, you know, after becoming Jewish, I think for me too, like, so the family aspect, you know, being, I, I've always, I've had that brokenness in my life where I wanted to be part of a family. And Judaism definitely filled that 
Bill. The other thing that really attracted me to being Jewish was the freedom. Um, being Jewish is more about what you do than about what you believe, right? So like at my synagogue, for instance, oh gosh, I've had close friends that are agnostic, but they're there all the time for services. They're very active in the community, right? And um, it doesn't matter that they don't have a firm belief in God. And so for me, that was very liberating to not be, you know, I found for me in a lot of Christian denominations or whatever, you know, this is our, this is our creed. This is what we believe. This is what we all agree to um, sign on to. Right. And for me, I've changed so much over the years. I, I felt that very restrictive and, for me to belong to some place that's more about what you do and who you are than what you believe is absolutely freeing for my mind, right? And I love the studying. I attend, um, you know, Torah studies uh, throughout the week. I attend three of them per week, actually, right now, and um, I love them. I really grow a lot with that. Um, also, like after I converted to the same rabbi that I converted under, um, when the next year's high holy days came around on Rosh Hashanah, she asked me to prepare and give a Devar Torah. Um, and it was on the binding of Isaac, right? And that was, to me, a huge monumental task, right? At high holy days where everybody's there. <laughs> and um, I gave it, it was, what was interesting is afterwards, I felt I received one of the highest compliments I've ever gotten in my life. And it was this um, older conservative um, guy, you know, from a concern, he was raised conservative and he came up to me and he said, I'd never heard a Devar Torah on the binding of Isaac that was from the position, from the viewpoint of Isaac. And that's what I gave it from. Um, and he says, I love that. He said it was, he says that really meant a lot. And from that day, he became really good friends with me. Um, so that was really, to me, a huge compliment that someone had, you know, I mean, cause that's, there's a lot of pressure putting that um, talk together. A Devar Torah for people that don't know is, it's like a sermon, only it's very, um, studied. There's a lot of studying that goes into, you know, cause you cite different rabbis, different things, different, you know, uh, Talmud and different things. It's, it's very intense. So a lot of work. So I was very happy. And, you know, for me being Jewish too, I've always really related. Um, it's funny through Torah studies, I've realized that I've related a lot to Isaac and Joseph. Um, and, you know, I remember back in like 1970s, I had some little old lady come up to me and she says, you really, she says, you remind me of Joseph in the Bible so much. And I never quite got it. But, you know, now later in life, having studied those guys a lot, I understand it because both of them came from families that fell apart and both of them rebuilt their life. Right. And that really resonated. I mean, Joseph got, you know, turned in by his brothers and all that stuff. And Isaac um, you know, was sacri was 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 taken to the altar, right, to be offered up. And um, you know, when you read that part of the Torah about Isaac, um, Abraham came down the mountain, but not with Isaac, right? Um, Isaac wasn't there. And I'm just imagining this scenario where Isaac is just like running away from feeling betrayed by both his father and um God, right? And you know, that shattered their family. Um so, but, you know, Isaac turned around later and had a, you know, he, again, is one of our patriarchs. So um, anyway, so from both of their stories, I took a lot. And then over the years, um, I have gotten a lot of strength from other um, Jewish people and writers. Um, Elie Wiesel is one of my favorites. Um, and it's so funny because I've gone, I've lost my vision in the last, most of my vision in the last two years. And it's about, I don't know, maybe six or seven years ago that I started reading Ellie's works. And Ellie was, uh, you know, uh, in Auschwitz. He lost his father, lost his whole family there. Um, and uh, his sister, his little sister died there. It's, it's, it's horrible. And Ellie spent his life struggling with that. Like, you know, what, 
what does this mean, right? How finding meaning, finding he he went in there as a religious Jew, and then like, what do you do with that? Like, you know, how do you explain Auschwitz if you're a religious Jew, right? Like, and seeing all that horror firsthand. Um, I love his writings because that's what he's doing is he's struggling with it. Like he's writing his way through it and trying to still, you know, I mean, he came to a place where he still had a strong faith in God, even after living through all that. And he, he's like, you know, I've learned a lot from him and other writers too, like um, Schulweiss and Kushner and um, Heschel and, um, you know, just different people have really nourished me. And, um, you know, I love the music of Nishama Karlabach. She's awesome and amazing. Um, her father, Shlomo, was a big uh, rabbi and a musician. Um, she has definitely taken up the mantle and I have a lot of respect for her. Um, I have been grateful to do things like at my old temple before I lost my vision for three years, I was able to teach the... Um, bar and bat mitzvah students, the B'nai mitzvah classes, um, actually for four years I did. And that was so great. I loved it. I really helped, you know, I, I took the kids and was able to teach them stuff. I took them on field trips. Um, one of the field trips I took them to was in Seattle. Um, and Frank had, uh, you know, she writes in her diaries about the tree that she looked outside um, the window and saw, and the tree died a few years ago. And before it died, they took cuttings from the branches and, um, you know, they planted those cuttings and grew them into saplings and planted them all over the world. Right. And one of them's in Seattle. And I took our kids there and um, I had them paint rocks like the week before we went to, you know, whatever message or whatever, you know, picture, um, you know, has meaning for you, go ahead and paint it. And then they left the rocks at the base of the chestnut tree there. And that was really moving. And you know, what's funny about that is a few years later, I happened to be at the Seattle center with a couple of the kids from my class, not there as a class activity. They were there for a birthday party or something. And all of them looked at me and they said, we want to go to the Anne Frank tree again. You know, will you go with us? And I did. And they just, they, so it meant something to them. So that to me, that was huge, right? It's like passing something on that has meaning for the kids to them. Right. And that was huge for me. So I really liked um, teaching. I also have loved the Jewish holidays, right? Um, we talk about, you know, sanctifying time. And for me, I think about past um, services, past uh, celebrations at home, Passover dinners, seders, um, things like that. And I imagine I could see in my mind all the people that I've had those with, different groups of people. And so when we have one now, I connect back to those times and those people. Um, it's a very special thing. And you could do that every you know Sabbath even. Um, you know, and like I said, I do uh, a Torah study three times a week now, and um, I do that with my temple um, and with another group. And it's really good for me because I've had some cognitive issues since losing my vision. And for me, taking the whole week and having three separate studies peppered throughout the week really helps it sink in for me. Um because I don't think I can get it just in one because it takes me a little bit of time. Um, but, you know, uh, and my old temple, I had to leave it when, after I lost some of my vision um, because that particular temple was very non-ADA friendly. Um, and, you know, it was old, an old building. There's stairs everywhere. Uh, it was very inaccessible. The bathrooms were on a different floor than the temple worship space. And um, so it just wasn't working. And I'm really grateful. I just want to tell you, we have this thing in, uh, you know, Judaism, Beshert, right? It was meant to be type thing. Um, when I first was calling other temples to look for a, a new home, I called this one place and they said, and I told him, I says, you know, I've recently lost my vision. I'm looking for a place that's accessible. I need help. And they 
were so welcoming. They said, oh gosh, why don't you, um, can you zoom in Saturday? Because we're having a Havdalah service. Havdalah is the end of the Sabbath. You know, it closes out the Sabbath. So it's on Saturday night. Um, at, but at this Havdalah service, one of our members who happens to be blind and deaf has written a book and we're having a book launch party for her. So could you join it? And I was like, wow, yes. And I loved it. It was amazing. And then when I first showed up there in person, someone from that temple gave me a ride, brought me to the temple. And when I walked in the door, someone said, oh, they saw my white cane. And they said, oh, we have Braille or large print um, you know, prayer books. Do you want one? And I said, yes, I'll take the large print because I have some vision, but not a lot. And um, I, you know, it's like, I don't need to be hit in the head twice to know that maybe, you know, this is where I belong because these people made it so accessible and they had everything. Um, so it's really been a wonderful experience. I'm very happy there. And, um, you know, I, I continue to grow and I really think that for me, being Jewish has helped me deal with losing my vision just because, you know, the strength is there. Um, like I said, I talked about Ellie's works um, giving me, you know, if he can grapple with Auschwitz, I can grapple with vision loss um, and deal with it. Okay. So it's been good for me. It's like, I got this inner strength from it that helps me navigate things. And I know bad things happen to people. I wasn't singled out you know, a lot of things happen to a lot of people and it's, you just, you know, deal with what you have, right. It's about how you, um, meet things head on. So, um, so I think, um, I've talked enough Lynn, but that's basically how, how this all came to be <laughs> in a nutshell. Um, I don't know if any, I don't Lynn, if you want to take questions now, or you want to wait till the end or how do you want to do that? Lynn? Oh, Lynn's got her hand raised. I don't think she can unmute by herself, can she? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm having uh, technical weirdnesses. However, um, here... I am asking Lynn to unmute. There you go. That, you should be able to unmute now, Lynn. Okay, I'm, I'm unmuting. There you I, are. That, that's, that's fine. There's, you know, Zoom stuff happens. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, thank you so much, Tim. Um, who would like to go next? And I think we should uh, use it. Uh, be a little shorter because we have to get questions in and I want everybody to, to, to I can't speak English, to participate. Is Ish or Laura going next? Uh, okay. Um, I did find the uh, thing to, uh, we only allow people now to mute yes. and unmute when I ask Got them. It. However, um, I'm afraid. Okay. okay. I am, I think we have three people with hands. Okay, uh, and so I'm not sure which one of them is uh, five eight seven is Laura and Pablo. Okay, that's the one Laura. that says okay. Pablo is Ish. So both okay, so so should we do Ish or Laura first? Laura, how about we're gonna Laura? do we're gonna do Laura. Can Laura, you? Let's go, okay. Laura. Can you? Can you um unmute yourself, Laura? You should be able to. Okay. Hi. There can you are. You oh, yes, we can. Okay. We're waiting to hear from you. Sorry, sweetie. I had to do that with the star six thing, but I'm here now. So, yeah, I'll make mine a bit shorter. Um, I also have got the little, sorry. <laughs> I also had vision loss later in life, just like Tim. I was in my teens, but I think what drew me about Judaism was I was just always like, and I've had other medical crises through the years, whether that be bowel stuff, epilepsy, just a whole mix of things. And I'm just thinking, so where is God in all this? And I mean, I, I visited a whole bunch of different types of religious spaces, whether it be like 
Christian, Catholic, other types of things. I had friends from other denominations over the years. Sadly, a lot of them aren't really my friends anymore, but that's okay. I know who my real crew is. Luckily, I've always had a good family. Um, but then when I settled in to Judaism, I'm like, yes, finally, this is making sense more than any other denomination that I visited. And I recently at home over um, just phone and Zoom and such have been working over online with Rabbi Lenny from the Rabbi Lenny that you guys would know if you have been to the Jewish Hour. And he was great about getting me connected with the online text that I needed and the Braille and the audio. And he's been amazing at helping me along the road to the conversion process. And so, and explaining things. And I recently started learning Hebrew Braille. So that's been kind of a miracle. But yeah, um, I am now 27 and happy on the road to reform Judaism. Can I ask you a question, Laura? This is Lynn. Did you, what, what denomination did you grow up in? I didn't. My family was oh, kind of just around. It was sort of, I was the only one in the family ever interested in religion. And of course, being all the way here in Alberta, in Canada, there wasn't the same resources that you guys have down there. Uh, makes me wish I was closer, but that's okay. At least I've met some great people. Thank you so much. Um, is Ish available yeah, to talk? Yeah, thanks for having me. You bet. I'm so glad you're here. I think this and may be Ish be. right here. So um, you should be able to unmute. It's Naomi. It's Naomi. You. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. No problem. My phone's not labeled. So anyway, um, Tim, you are just unbelievable. I mean, I have just, I've, I've just think so highly of you and your story is just incredible. And I'm so glad you're on this call and a big part of this call. So thank you so much for talking about your journey and, I, I probably can speak for a lot of people on the call that we are so happy to have you here and have you be a part of the, well, have you be uh, a co-facilitator with Lynn. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um. Okay. Um, we do have um, Pablo with his Yes, his that's, that's good. Okay. So, um, oh, you should be able to unmute. Uh, okay, you should be able to unmute. Go ahead. Uh, there you are. Oh I hear you. There you go. There you go. All right. <laughs> yeah. Tell your tell your story, there, sir. Okay. Um. So mine started in high school. Uh, I'm Pablo. Uh, he's my old Betancourt, by the way. Uh, I'm 24. I live in LA. <laughs> so um, I started listening to Ladino music, which, you know, uh, are like the Jews from Spain. I started listening to their, like the Sephardi music. And I got really interested in Israeli music through that singer. Um, I'd known a lot about the Holocaust since I was like in 10th grade. Um, and then I started doing more and more research on Jewish culture. Uh, I didn't actually start wanting to convert until I was 20, which was, uh, I started back in 2019, but, um, I spend time with all the communities, the conservatives, the the reforms, the the orthodox. Um, I didn't really get to experience the Hasidic community until like last year, but um, I looked into all of them. 
uh, I couldn't handle Orthodox Judaism because I live with other people and uh, it wasn't really accepting of uh, what I am being a part of the LGBT community. Uh, not to mention they didn't like the, the name I wanted to pick. Uh, which was the one that I use on Clubhouse Moshe Ishmael Ben Abraham. Um, but I still love the Orthodox community nonetheless because, you know, they have their beliefs. But so I started conversion uh, with a conservative uh, Jewish teacher uh, here in LA. And I was. Uh, learning from him for a year. And then I actually got to convert in 2021. It's been a while. Um, but uh, I, before that, didn't really like believe in God. My family came from a, uh, they were Catholic but it wasn't until I started my conversion that I found out that we were like a little bit, you know, Jewish. And so I kept my conversion hidden from them. And so that's why I didn't find out until later on. Um, and I, I'm so glad to be a part of the religion now. I, I wish I would have had faith in God before I converted because God is the, the religion has definitely helped me uh, through health complications I've had and, you know, just keeping faith in the world and things, things like that. Uh, the difference between this religion and others was I just felt so comfortable. I felt a really big calling to it. Something was just pushing me toward it. My rabbi and others have always said like it's something that has to do with like a Jewish soul I guess and I don't know it it seems like that was true I guess um but yeah I um I think that's most of my story <laughs> first of all um Ish thank you so much for first of all um coming out as uh, part of the LGBTQ community um, we should really have a, a, a panel on that as well, uh, LGBTQIAP um, Jewish people. There are plenty of them, um, and blind people too. I don't know of any Jewish people in the uh, BPI group, and I would really like to know. So I think that um, there might be, though, but I don't know. So I think that um, your story is great. I mean, we have people, so we have, Two people that have converted, and Laura is converting, so I think this is very different. Is John in the room? Because I know he's also a Jew by choice. I'm also a Jew of color. Oh, what? Uh, what? What's that? I'm Hispanic. Yeah, so, that's what I thought. That's yeah. cool. That's so great. I've I've faced the occasional like <laughs> people not thinking I'm Jewish because of my look. Mm. So that's all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Don't worry about it. You're, so we, you're, you're perfectly accepted. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Deb. We we have um, Laura with her hand up again, and um, there are some other telephone numbers who have come in. So I don't know if John okay. is one of those, but okay. if you are John, please raise your hand for me. Um, what do you want to say? Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Des. I'm sorry. And in the meantime, I am trying to get this. And we button to work for Laura. There we go. Um, so oh, if you, okay. Yeah, there we go. go it's just hey, Laura. That, um, hi. It's just that if your story is amazing and you reminded me, actually, that's the other thing I found when starting conversion is that in the reform world, LGBT and Jewish together is a lot more accepted and accepting of differences. I, too, am in the LGBT world. So, oh my gosh! Yeah, I can relate. Well, we're learning a little bit today so, about our people. That's great. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm yeah, very, uh, very, so very I'm, glad to know that. And Laura, I love the accessibility. Yeah. So yeah. Well, we we accept all people, whether they're people of color, oh. BIPOC, or whether they're yep. GLBTQ, 
whatever, whether they're atheist, agnostic, whatever, because Judaism means a lot more than the religion. It's as as, as Tim mentioned, it's not the belief. It's really what you do in your life and how you accept people and what you do in the community. Yeah, and I love the free will aspect. Like, it's kind of amazing. Who is who is trying to talk? <laughs> That was me, Tim. Um, I just wanted to tell Laura and Ish, you guys um, working on the panel with you guys, you know, we've had a couple of meetings before this. Yeah. You guys are amazing. I like both. I really feel close to both of you guys. You guys are it's very great. special to me. It's great. And I'm glad you're here. Me too. Yeah. me too. And I'm glad and, to know that they're younger. And also, I want to say, Ish, that my son is, is Puerto Rican and Jewish. So he's also Hispanic and Jewish. So. And there is oh, an LGBTQ cool. organization, a Jewish one <laughs> called Keshet which is the Jewish word for rainbow. And they will like, if a Jewish uh, temple or synagogue contacts them, you can, they can, they list ones that they consider, um, you know, a good place for LGBTQ, like a warm, they call it a, you know, a safe place. Right. So you might want to check out Keshet sometime. K-E-S-H-E-T. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, I think that this, this is all the intersections of being Jewish because we could be Jewish and be, a lot of other things as well. Um, I would like to know if we have any questions from uh, either Clubhouse or the Zoom link. Well, before I um, tell you that, Ish had um, raised his hand again. Oh, so... okay, Ish, go ahead. And he should. Oh, I had, I had asked him to <laughs> unmute, and he, I thought he had. Okay, oh, try works. again That's there. Right. No problem. Try again there, Ish, if you want to um, unmute. All right, Bill. Well, we'll okay. We'll so wait. Mike Stern has his hand up. Oh, okay. Let's let Mike talk. I'd love to hear from Mike. All right. Um. Okay, Mike, you should be able to unmute. We go. Oh boy. Okay, there we go. Um, one of the things, Tim. First of all, you. I've talked to you a lot, and I want to just echo what Naomi said. Actually, you all were great. I don't, you know, you really were. Um, Ish, you were you were fantastic, and just to be able to share your stories is really important for those of us who you know, weren't, you know, were, were born Jewish and, you know, um, and how you guys came to it and your journeys are very important um, for us. And um, Tim, I was, I was wondering, actually, any one of you can ask this. Um, Christianity has, you know, a very fun, I mean, there's a lot of differences within Christianity. I've been, I've learned that over, you know, the last few years that there, you know, there are much more conservative Christians and there are much, there are liberal Christians, but there's a basic belief in um, the idea of, um, of Jesus being, you know, uh, God, I mean, or the son of God, or, you know, connected with God in that way. And I'm wondering especially Tim, when you were going through all the work, you know, working at the different churches and, and preaching and so forth, what light went on in your head that decided that maybe, you know, he, he wasn't, that he was more of a, of, of a prophet, like the line of prophets that exist, you know, leading, leading up to him, like, you know, like um, Hillel and some of the Talmudic, I mean, some of the prophets there. What what was the light that went on in your head that that changed that for you? Um, yeah, this is Tim. So I think uh, part of it was reading the Christian Bible. Um, the first time I read it, um, like front to back, I was uh, reading you know, the stories of Jesus and then all of a sudden the writings of Paul and they seemed very different. Like Jesus seemed like a reformer and Paul just seemed to be throwing on rules and, you know, who can talk and it, it was very different. And this was from someone who didn't actually meet Jesus. And it's like, I don't know, it just struck me as odd. And then um, studying later, right? Like about what the messianic 
you know, prophecies are uh, teachings, you know, as far as Judaism goes, and that none of the none of them are really fulfilled, right? It's like, hmm, what's that? So I don't know. For me, I I actually really take a real Jewish approach to things right now. Like, I don't worry about it. Like, you know, I'm living my life as as a Jew and it's all in, you know, God's hands, whatever, and just leave it there. Right. And I'm fine with that. I'm very comfortable with that. So that's kind of what it is. Does that help, Mike? Yeah. Yes, it does. Definitely. All right. Who do we have next? Okay, our only other raised hand that is not, I think we have all the panelists unmuted right now. So if you will please stay unmuted if you're a panelist, we would appreciate yes. that. That would be great, yes. Yeah, and I know. Then, I got okay. I got locked out before because well, I so did I. and I, I couldn't I tell know. Naomi. Yeah, so just, you, so, yeah. You know, just stay Naomi. I was like, just oh, stay, no. It's all right, just stay unmuted. It's okay, just yeah. stay unmuted and, and yeah, it will ahead. all be wonderful. Okay, the, and our next, um, our next hand is Beth from New Mexico. Hey, and Beth. I am going to give her oops, the ask to unmute button. Hopefully the other thing that's happening here is, is she, that it, it's is she on the phone though. She is on the phone. So, oh, there she is. I think. Hey, yeah. Beth? Beth? Hey, yeah, go ahead. yeah. You have to wait till Christmas to the, till the host unmutes you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Hanukkah, actually. Yeah, Hanukkah, yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah, Hanukkah. Hanukkah, yeah, uh, there you go. Go, go, go ahead, uh, um, go ahead Beth, please. Yeah, I was, this question is for Ish. Um, I, do you have any uh, people here in New Mexico? Because I know some Benton courts here. Oh, that's funny. Uh, I do. Uh, we are in uh, California. Uh, New Mexico, I think, Colorado, and Texas. Mm-hmm. Around yes. Albuquerque and Las Vegas, right? Yes. Yes. That's where uh, my family comes from, too. And they were, um, some of them were Sephardic Jews. But, you know, people had to convert, you know, how the Catholic Church was. Yeah, yeah. they called uh, the, they called us the, the crypto Jews. Um, yeah, uh -huh. exactly. Yeah, so yeah. when when uh, my family came here, uh, they weren't really, like, into religion. So then I, I was like, you know what, I want to try converting to Judaism because I feel a big calling. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's great because we really wow. want to know more about the Sephardic tradition. Any other questions? Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. uh, oh, no, I'm still trying to um, Every time I talk to you. get in touch with... And I'm going to need your, your information again. Uh, Rabbi Otero, yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. And thank you. Okay, for, well, thank you. Yeah, letting us know about the group yesterday, too. Thank you so much. All right. Mm -hmm. Any, Rabbi anybody Otero, else? Is that Rabbi Lenny? Is that, is that who Rabbi Otero is? Rabbi Lenny? No, 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 no. She's talking about a, a, a Sephardic rabbi that she knows. Oh, like okay, so I was confused. I was like, yeah, I know that my okay. surname is yeah, Sarkos, yeah, 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 so yeah, 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 I, I think you, you, you told them everything I wanted to know, Tim. That's it. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe they're just so straightforward and genuine that no one really has any questions for us. Well, first of I all, um, I think it's really great that um, that we have somebody who's from the Sephardic tradition, two people, uh, two young people. I think that's fantastic that the two of you are, are young people because I'm not, <laughs> you know. So, really? Um, I wouldn't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I thought but, you were, honestly, when I thought you were like 30s or 40s. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm 70. But um, but I do think that having young people, and especially those who identify as LGBTQ, and I believe that a lot of younger people are more open-minded than people my age are. Oh, were. yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. And uh, also, so. But if your story amazes me, and I'm also glad to be your friend outside of this call. 
thank you. <laughs> so, um, so what? Uh, we don't have any more questions. Um, do? Hold on. Uh, Karen Navy has her hand raised. Hey, you, sh you should be able to unmute, Karen. That's my yeah. old hi. Um, hi, Karen. Yeah, all the panelists were so wonderful. I had a, I had a question for Tim. Um, uh, I'm wondering if if you would hope if you are hoping at all to be able to teach um, children again uh, after having lost uh, more vision. Um, yeah, I, you know, right now, no, because everything's still so new, right? Yeah. And I'm still mm -hmm. learning um, and figuring things out. And I'm yeah. doing well. I mean, yeah. I think I'm pretty, I've learned a lot <laughs> working with the <laughs> Seattle Lighthouse for the Blind and things like that. Yeah. So um, oh, it's cool. not out of the question. And I really did enjoy it a lot. Um, yeah, so like if maybe if I'm not even teaching a class or I'm assisting teaching or helping mm -hmm. develop some curriculum, I could do that. Right. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, it, yeah, definitely possibility. Yeah. That's great. Thank you, Karen. <laughs> All right. Anybody else? Okay. No further hands at this time. Anybody in clubhouse? I guess not. There are not. Oh, oh I now a I have two of hands. hands. Just yeah, they just went oh, up. Okay, oh, this always happens. All right. Okay, yep. now we have two iPhones in a row. I'm sorry. So, oh, that might be Perla and Naomi. We'll see who they are. Probably one of them <laughs> is one, and one is the other. So, um, um so ladies, Perla, unmute yourselves. And, Perla, um, Perla, how about you? Perla, we'll see who, who comes up first. I'm up. All right, go ahead. Okay. Hi, this is well, Perla. Hello? Oh, go oh, ahead, Perla. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, oh, Stay muted wait. there, Naomi. Go ahead. Go ahead, Perla. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Tim, um, at one point in your uh, story, you were married. Um, and I'm wondering uh, how your decision to pursue Judaism affected that relationship or if you're still married or if you have children who are involved or, you know, again, it says you, you had a lot of family issues. So I'm just kind of wondering how that worked out for you. Um, if yes. you want to share it. No, I'm fine sharing that. Um, my first marriage did end, but it wasn't because of anything, you know, in the religious realm. And then the second one, um, I am married now. My, so I have two kids, um, one from each marriage and the younger one, um, she's a teenager and she actually, so, you know, in the reform world considered Jewish, but she wanted to go through her own basically conversion process. So, um, I think when she oh. was gosh, about 11 or 12, she approached our rabbi and, it was really great that yeah, we had a, um, they brought her down to the mikvah and she had her own ceremony um, because she, she said, no, I, you know, she really identified as being Jewish. So wanted to be like, no question about it. You know, my choice too. Right. That's so amazing. it was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yep. Very interesting. You guys are all great. Thank you for sharing your stories with us. It's my pleasure. Okay, then. So, did Pearl and Naomi both get a chance to speak? Speak yet? No. Yes, I, I'm done. Okay. Oh. Uh, okay, I'm still here. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, this is okay. I just wanted to bring this up, and I this is. I, I think we talked a little bit about this last week. Did anyone have a chance to watch the CNN? Uh, oh my God. Yeah. It's, I had gotten an email. I was going to send it to the list, but um, about the day of hate, which I, I knew nothing I about. That. Yeah. And it was supposed to be Saturday. And um, so Randy um, had written an email, you know, just saying that um, he, you know, that he had, there had been no, nothing 
happening here that they were aware of, but they were going to have extra security and everything. And then watching this just was very, it was scary. scary. And, and it, and I thought, am I not, what, what can I do or what can I, is there anything that I need to be careful of? Um, because mm-hmm. it was pretty intense. Yeah, it was, especially the universe. And universal, I also suffered from anxiety, so it was horrible. Yes. Especially, yeah, yeah, especially, especially for the for your young people, you and Ish, the university yeah. situation. The the this woman at the university who was a sexual assault survivor, and then she had to deal with anti-Semitism on top of that. What the heck, right? Yeah, yeah. I was so uh, glad they- my mom and my partner were around that day because, like I said, I have anxiety, epilepsy, whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes, that was really Lynn, amazing. Just to let you know, you have oh, five minutes that? until the top of the hour. So thank you so much. Um, when when does this call supposed to be? Uh, it usually goes for an hour and fifteen minutes. Is that okay? That's fine. It did not um, say so. Yeah, I oh, didn't. Okay. I'm. We're fine with it though. So yeah. go ahead. No, no problem. No problem. Thanks for telling me. Um, so anyway, yeah, I felt that that call was very um, troubling. But, you know, true and all that stuff. I think Dana Bash did a really good job. But one of the things I do think, um, that this is where we're going to have an anti-Semitism workshop during the yeah. during the convention. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, Trent, good, wrote me this, Trent wrote me this morning. He wanted to know what we wanted to talk about. And he's getting in touch with these two other women who are going to talk about it. And I'm still trying to get an exact date and exact time. Um, so we'll work. We're we're working that out. I keep on trying to get the day, so we'll get that scheduled. Um, but I do think the whole idea of anti-Semitism. I think the whole idea that uh, people are still choosing to, um, you know, become Jewish or feel a pull to be Jewish, like our uh, people Tim and Ish and Laura, is is great. I mean that nobody forced them. It was a. It was almost like a a calling you know they felt like whoa yeah i really felt pulled i just Uh felt pulled to Uh it and and actually i mean i read and frank i read other books i I read a lot right and even i did because i grew up in a secular uh cultural home and so i went to to, uh temple to learn about being jewish because i didn't know anything about the order of the service or anything so i had to learn about being you know, Jewish in terms of more um, liturgical stuff. You know, so, yeah. Sadly, I guess, uh, oh. No, I guess my question is still, what do we Who do? Who is this speaking right now? Naomi. Naomi. What do we do? Oh, sorry. Um, I just didn't that's okay, your Laura. Voice that's okay. I think we keep on having these discussions, I think we keep on talking about it. I think one of the things I want to do, and this is actually what I asked Trent today, what what can we do? You know, what can yeah. we do? You know, because that's the that's a good idea. What what do we what, do what, next? What's, exactly. uh, what's and especially as blind Jewish people. Yes, yes. I especially mean, as, you know, people in the uh, blind community. Lynn, you're a little faint. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, there especially as, as people in the Jewish community, especially as blind Jewish people. So I think that thinking about what we can do as blind Jewish people or blind allies of Jewish people in ACB is very important. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And where do we go with this too? Like, where do we go with all this hate still hanging around us? Yeah, I've I've been Jewish for one two years now, and it feels awful to have like the go through it. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. Now, uh, I want to remind everybody also that we're not having a group next week because of yeah. the um, legislative seminar, uh, president's meeting, stuff like that. So anyway, we're not oh, going to have Perla has her hand up again. So oh, go ahead, go ahead, Perla. Oh well, I just uh, on the subject of anti-Semitism, I just became aware that uh, there's a an issue. I, I live uh, in Silicon Valley, Los Gatos, um, and um, in uh, Hayward, which is near us, but on the East Bay, there's a high school where a 10th grade English teacher 
was teaching uh, night, which is part of the curriculum by Ellie Wiesel, which I taught when I was an English teacher. And along with it, he was making the students read a photocopy of, uh, I don't remember the title of it, but it's um, an uh, uh, negation denial of the Holocaust. And he what? required the students to read that as well. And uh, um, he was giving the Heil Hitler salute in the classroom oh. and telling the students that he was giving the other side of the story. And um, he's now been suspended. But uh, I was yeah. listening Thank to a God. board meeting where um, people... Are, com- are complaining about the administration, both of the school and the district, because when students oh, yeah. came to them, they didn't do anything right away. And, um, oh, that means- you oh, know, yeah. these are it the kinds of things something. that we really need yeah. to keep keep an eye on. So, I agree. You know, I, I agree. belong to the ADL, the Anti-Defamation I League. I got away with that. Yeah, the, the ADL. And uh, I get. Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Perla. I'm sorry. And, yeah, and I get uh, emails from Simon Weisenthal. Oops. So, you know, I think uh, it helps to stay informed by uh, getting information from these groups as well as our local Jewish uh, groups. So the, the ADL is going to be uh, speaking the, to us uh, on anti-Semitism. That's Trent Spolstra, who is, by the way, himself a Jew by choice. So um, he is oh, Trent, yeah. Yeah, Trent, he is going to be speaking to us and... Um, uh, you know, he's going to bring a couple of other people with him, a couple of other women named Emily. So, you know, we, we have our we have our panel set up for that. Just have to figure out the date and time. Go ahead, Des. Awesome. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. We have ahead, no Des. further hands. So if Perla wants to go on, <laughs> go right ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead, I, just, I just wanted to suggest that we belong to those, that we support those um, types Types of groups uh, who are working uh, to try to help us with this. So, that's it. yeah, I, I know that Naomi also knows people from the uh, ADL as well. She knows people, so mm-hmm. you know. So, I think that um, this is why this is why we talked about having a workshop on anti-Semitism. In the, I think we talked about it starting in the fall here. So, uh, we're going to do it. It's just uh, trying to figure out the time and the Multicultural Affairs Committee is very interested in sponsoring it with us. So we'll just have to see what happens with that. So, um, okay, at this point here, we do not have any further hands. Well, you know, uh, if we're finished, we can, um, we can close the room. Does anybody else have any last minute things Thanks to say? Thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate all no of problem, you. Laura. I just wanted thank to thank you. Laura. No problem, Ish. No problem, Laura. No problem. Yeah, too. thank you guys. Thank you, Laura and Ish. And thank you, everybody. I I really, we have a great room here. I mean, you know, great. I love the Jewish hour. It's great. I don't know how many people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how many people who are on here now, right now. But uh, Oh, we have 17 right now, but I know we've had we've yep, people 17, left. but yeah. they a few left. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. So we've anyway. Had about 16 in Clubhouse. Oh, Coming great. Nice. So, wow, great. Cool. And I don't know how many people are listening on the stream, but we really appreciate all of you. Um, we have a lot of topics we still want to tackle. We do want to have something about, you know, uh, uh, black Jewish people. We want something about the LGBTQ awesome. uh, community, Jewish, blind Jewish community. Yay. So we have all Yay. sorts of things we <laughs> want to do stuff on. So we'll just have to plan it. I know. <laughs> all right, everybody. Um, okay. We're done for the day. We're not going to have a meeting next week. We'll have the Megillah right on the 13th for the Purim. Thank you so much, everybody. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Bye. 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 Take care. And you're off the air. What's that? All right. Oh, we're off, off the, the air, air now. So yeah. I really, right. truly, Lynn, want to apologize. I, I personally will not use that feature again because um, most of the time the ask to unmute button was being incredibly slow. That's all right. You did perfectly. And if Desi, I messed up too, because I, for some reason, was not 
unmute. I can't believe it. I checked my audio settings in Clubhouse <sighs> and wasn't unmuted in there until finally, oh, yeah, I don't know what made me look at the room <laughs> chat to see. Oh, I, I can't believe I am so sorry. And then the stream was on the air right before us and ended late. So Lynn's little <laughs> intro didn't. <laughs> Oh, anyway, oh, wow. uh, you, you guys, you guys are great. Thank you so much. Yeah, Desi. thank you guys. I will, yeah. never, You're welcome. I, I will never upset you again. I promise. <laughs> no, you know what? It it was something that we were told we could try if we wanted to have a more yeah. webinar-like setting. I know. And, and so I thought I would try it, but it I could not get the um <laughs> the the ask to unmute button to work. I'd hit enter. Ooh. I'd try my space bar and nothing would happen. Amazing. And then all of a sudden the person would pop up and yeah. I felt really bad when Beth was saying I was taking till Christmas to get people oh. muted, but it wasn't, it wasn't purposeful. It really wasn't. I know, I know, but um, come back to my phone call. I'm sorry <laughs> if I upset you on that call. So I'm sorry. Yeah. No, 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 no. never, but ever. We'll, but we will, um, we will, we will see everybody in two weeks um, reading the Megillah for Purim. So that's what we'll see. All right, take care, Lynn. Yep.